0: You are listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 94. Today's topic, Are You Asking God for What is Rightfully Yours? Welcome to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there and welcome back to the Bible speaks to you podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you're here. Today we're going to be talking about what we ask God for. Are you asking God for what is rightfully yours? Today's episode is based on a verse from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus says, and this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Could this be more simple? I mean, really, Jesus puts it out there very straightforwardly. He even repeats these three imperatives as promises in verse 8. He says, Everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Usually, when we think of asking God for something, we think of it as prayer, and it really is a form of prayer. But have you ever thought about the seeking and the knocking also as prayer? All three of these are really important, and each one kind of leads to the next. Let's imagine we're back on that hillside where Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount when he utters these famous words, just minutes before he has reassured us that when we ask, we'll receive, and when we seek we'll find, and when we knock, it will be open to us. He says this: this is matthew six verse thirty two your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. What does it really mean to ask God something? Well, you can ask for something or you can ask about something. In this case, in Matthew 7 7, and so many places in the New Testament, ask is where you're asking for something. It's a Greek word, eiteo, and it means to demand something that's due to you, something that is rightfully yours. That puts a different light on when we're asking God for something. Here's something I've kind of struggled with at times. If God knows what we need, well then why do we need to ask him for it? The asking process acknowledges that God is the giver of all good. He is the source. When we ask God for something, we're actually admitting that we are not the source of our needs or the solution to our problems, but that God is. When our kids were little, we taught them to ask for something they wanted. We usually knew what they wanted before they asked, and we could have just given it to them, but that can lead to an entitlement attitude. What would happen if God gave us everything we needed? Without us asking Him or acknowledging Him as the source, you always had everything you needed without even having to lift a finger, literally or figuratively, in prayer. If that kept happening over and over your whole life, how often would you pray? We might get complacent and not even turn to God for help because we already had everything we need. Asking God for what you need really is an act of humility. It's an admission that you are the child and God is the parent. But Jesus implies in this verse from Matthew that sometimes just asking God in prayer for something is not really quite enough. We have to put our asking into practice by seeking answers, searching for ways to follow through with what God has given us when we ask. The next step is to seek. And as I said, I think this is a form of prayer as well. The prayer of seeking is a prayer of earnestness in the heart. It purifies our motives from just selfishly pursuing what we want to what God is freely giving us, if we'll just open our eyes to see and to seek his abundant generosity. Think of it this way. If you have a treasure map that shows where the gold is buried, it's not enough just to have the map and know where the treasure is. If you want it, you have to go search for it. You have to seek it. And when you find the place, you have to dig for it. The digging is kind of like knocking on a closed door. And that's the third step in the process. There are times when I have prayerfully asked for something and I've received guidance. Then I've searched for and found the steps to take. And then it seems like I come to a closed door. Just when I feel like I'm getting somewhere in my prayers, there's some kind of obstacle blocking my path. I'm just curious if that's ever happened to you too. When we're in that kind of a situation, it's easy to sometimes get discouraged and we just turn away in defeat. Or we can knock at that closed door. It may seem like a dead end or a missed opportunity, but we can knock at it. With expectancy, and a door will open. When God leads us to a closed door, either literally or figuratively, He wants us to knock. This is why Jesus told us to knock. The knocking shows that we're sincere in our desire. We have to prove that sincerity in a sense, not really to God, but to ourselves. We have to follow through. When you ask God for something, you will receive something. When you seek, You will find, and when you knock, a door will open. It may not exactly be what you asked or searched for, and the door that opens may not lead to where you thought it did, but it will be what God wants you to have, whatever will best promote your spiritual growth, and it will probably be much better than what you wanted in the first place. How many times do we ask God for something, but He has such a grander vision? That kind of reminds me of the little boy who was praying and said, God, thanks for the baby sister, but I asked for a puppy. The real key to asking, seeking, and knocking can really be summed up in one word, expectancy. When a thirsty child asks her mother for a glass of water, there's an inherent expectation that the mother will give her daughter something to drink. It's even more than just expecting her mom to give her what she needs. It's an absolute assurance and confidence that her mom will take care of her. The child knows this. Now, this is an ideal situation. Every child may not have the perfect mother that responds in that way, but that is kind of an ideal to strive for. When you pray, do you have the same expectation? an assurance and confidence that God will meet your needs are you asking God for something that you know is rightfully yours too many times i've heard people complain that God didn't answer their prayers and we'll talk about that in just a minute but it's kind of obvious the way they talk about it that they didn't really expect God to answer their prayers or they didn't even bother to pray at all because they thought oh, God's too busy helping other people. My problems aren't big enough to bother him with. They don't know what is rightfully theirs as heirs of God's kingdom, or they think it's way off in the future. We need to be like little children, like that little girl asking for a cup of water when we pray. We need to pray like three-year-olds, full of expectation Knowing and trusting completely that God will take care of our needs and give us what is rightfully ours. I'm going to say that again. We need to pray like three year olds. Give that a try sometime. Pray in your best three year old voice with expectancy. Jesus really brings home this idea of trusting God to meet your needs when he says in the next few verses, in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 7, 9 through 11. What person is there among you when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Jesus is asking an important question there. We need to think about the answer to this question. Yes, of course, God will give us what we need when we ask him. That's Jesus's promise to us. But there's something else that we need to think about as well, and that's our motives when we pray. You may feel like my great aunt. She was pretty good about getting what she wanted out of life, but she confided in me one day when something didn't go the way she wanted it to. She said, "Sometimes I just can't get God to do what I want him to." How often do we pray that way and not even realize it? Here's a question to think about: Why aren't all our prayers answered the way we want them to be? That can be a pretty delicate and touchy subject. There could be lots of reasons our prayers aren't answered But sometimes the answer to that question is pretty obvious. The book of James says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's James 4, verse 3. This should not be a surprise. Self will is not really prayer. But it is a surprise when we realize how often self will is the basis of our prayers. Self-will does not submit to God and his will. It's trying to get what you want, how and when you want it. You're not really trusting God's wisdom, generosity, or timing. It's easy to see when someone else is going over the line here. I've heard people pray for a new sports car or a million dollars or some material object that they just want. It's always easier to see when someone else crosses that line than when we do. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for a car if you need one, but even that prayer is assuming that you know a car is the answer. God might have a better solution for you. Maybe someone will be led to take you where you need to go, and this will give you needed companionship, or you'll be able to help them in some way. I have a friend, Dorothy, who has not had a car for many years. Years ago, on weekends, she would take the bus from her work in Boston to her home in Maine. It would have been a lot quicker for her to hop in a car, but she saw the bus ride as her opportunity to minister to mankind. She could tell stories all day long about sharing her faith and praying with her seatmates on the bus. Her overarching prayer was to bless everyone she came in contact with and not just have her needs met. More recently, living on the West Coast, she often calls a Lyft or Uber. More times than not, she ends up sharing her faith with the drivers. If she was always driving her own car, those opportunities wouldn't have presented themselves. Her motive was always to bless, and not just get where she wanted to go. Now, that's not the solution for everyone, but that's how Dorothy worked it out. And I've always been touched by that. What are your motives when you pray? It's really a question that has lots of layers of answers. Sometimes it's not easy to see how our own self will can be so discreetly entwined in our prayers, even when we're praying for something good and unselfish. On more than one occasion, I have realized as I was praying for someone to be healed or some situation to be resolved, I was actually. Nurturing a selfish little monster in my heart that wanted to get credit for having prayed so well as to bring about a solution. Guess what? There was no healing or solution until God uncovered that sin in me and cast it out. We pray for God's will, but we don't always submit to it, and if we do, it's not for very long sometimes. It's not an easy thing to do to submit completely irrevocably to god's will it's kind of scary to give up our freedom to do what we want to and boy i'll tell you if there's one thing that a lot of christians pride themselves on it's their free will but the most effective prayer is not an exercise of our free will it's the surrender of it in the garden of gethsemane Jesus uttered those famous words we love to quote but don't really understand sometimes this is Luke 22:42 not my will but thine be done Jesus didn't use his will to choose what God wanted he resigned his will to God's will he gave up his right to choose and submitted completely to God's will when you ask God for something in prayer, are you asking for what you want or for what God wants? Examining our motives is not a one time event. Every day and sometimes moment by moment, we need to examine our hearts to see if we're actually submitting to God's will or still pursuing our own desires. We do so much through sheer human willpower, both good and bad. We make things happen. By brute force or clever manipulation, even quoting the scriptures. But following God's will is letting go of the human mind's process and manipulative tendencies and relying on God's power and persuasiveness instead. Sometimes this requires eating more than just one piece of humble pie, sometimes it's the whole pie, and sometimes we need to buy out the entire humble pie bakery. I want to say just a little bit about what happens when you have prayed as sincerely as you know how to and you've examined your motives and you really have yielded in every way you know possible to God's will and there's still no healing or no solution. I don't have an easy answer for that, and I know that happens. There are things that I'm still praying about in my life. I would just encourage you to keep trusting God. Keep going deeper. I know somewhere, somehow, there is an answer. God is a God of love and mercy. There may be something that's not about you at all. You haven't done anything wrong that's blocking this healing, some outside influence. Ask God to reveal that to you and to help you find the answer that you need. He loves you. He cares for you so much. If you're in that kind of a situation where you've done everything you possibly know to do, please reach out to me. Always feel free to contact me through the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click the contact tab. I would love to hear from you and be supportive in any way I can. We've talked a little bit about what we should not ask for. Let's talk about what we should ask God for in prayer. Jesus said, Matthew 21 verse 22, whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive it. Now that doesn't mean that you get whatever you pray for. It has to be in accord with God's will. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God. So we should probably pray for the kingdom of God first too. I hear so many people praying to God to give them a new job, a new house, a new car, fill in the blank with all those things you hear people pray for. We've all done it. But that's just asking for what you want. And we've already talked about that. Who are we to think that we know what is best for us better than God does? Remember King Solomon right after he became king? This is in First Kings chapter 3, verse 5. God appeared to him in a dream and asked him what he wanted. Solomon asked for wisdom, not money, power, or fame. He wanted the wisdom and understanding to be able to judge the people righteously. Solomon knew that this wisdom and understanding came from God. He knew that he couldn't do it without God's help. That's a good model for us to follow. Here are a few ideas of things that we can ask for in prayer. And remember, that asking means knowing that you deserve these things. Yes, there are things you do deserve. You deserve your full rights as a child of God. Having what God has ordained for you as his child and an heir to the kingdom is your divine right. So when we ask, it's with a sense of expectancy and trust. Here's some ideas Ask for God's will and purpose for you to be made plain to you. Ask God to reveal your spiritual birthright as an heir to the kingdom and everything that that involves. Ask God to receive more of the mind of Christ. That's from 1 Corinthians 2.16. Ask for purity, humility, wisdom, all those qualities and attributes that are directly from God. That are our right to possess and express in our daily lives. You can ask for freedom from trusting or depending on something besides God. You can ask to hear God's voice and direction and protection. Ask for ways to help others know God better and follow Christ more closely. Ask for opportunities to understand and follow Jesus more closely. Instead of asking or praying for a new house, ask for a better understanding of where you live right now in the kingdom of heaven. Instead of asking for a new car, pray to get a better sense that God will always put you exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's about digging down into the spiritual essence of what you're really praying for. And that gets us closer to Jesus' command to seek first the kingdom of heaven. You'll think of some other things in this light, of things that are really worthy of you asking God for, that are in line with seeking and asking first for the kingdom of heaven in your life. Then let God take care of all those things that you need. He can supply your needs better than you can ever imagine. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have found today's episode helpful. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I hope you will subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and just click the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you'll be on my email list. You'll never miss an episode. If you have any comments or questions, also on the website up in the menu bar, just click the contact tab. Fill out the form and I'll be in touch. As always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible verses that I mentioned in today's episode. Just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash zero nine four and you'll find those at the bottom of the page. As I've been mentioning the last several weeks, episode one hundred is coming up and I'm asking you to help me celebrate. I've been asking you to think about the question, if you could talk to anyone in the Bible, other than Jesus, who would it be and what would you ask them? Here's how you can participate and celebrate with me episode 100 of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash celebrate. The idea is to get a recording of, Of your answer to the question, who would you like to speak to in the Bible? If you're able to record yourself and send me the file as an MP3, that's great. If you're not able to record it yourself, you can click on a link to my calendar appointment page, which you'll see on the website. I have a whole lot of 15 minute time slots, and you just pick which one is best for you. I'll send a link for you to click when it's time for your appointment, and then I will ask you the question and record your answer. It'll be quick and easy. And then that will be part of episode 100. All my listeners would love to hear who you would like to talk to in the Bible and what question you would ask them. We can all learn so much from each other. If you have any questions about this, please hit that contact tab on the website and let me know what your questions are. I would really love to get you and as many other listeners as possible to participate. I really look forward to hearing who you would like to talk to in the Bible and what you would ask them. Again, go to the website thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash celebrate and you'll see instructions there on how to participate, how to make an appointment, or where to send your mp3 file if you record it yourself. And I just want to thank you in advance for helping me celebrate the 100th episode of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I could not do this without your support. I would not be here without your support and interest. I appreciate you so much, and I want to celebrate you in this process. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you listening. If there's anyone you can think of that might enjoy this episode, please share it with them. That's it for today. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.